LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning team, it's Tuesday, and we like Tuesday. In fact, actually we like every day of the week. There's not a day of the week that I don't like. I can't think of any day of the week. I would say, most people say it's Monday, traditionally, because you've had Saturday and Sunday off. Well, as I work Sunday, it makes no difference to me Monday, so I'm quite happy to sort of come in on a Monday morning. So Monday's a good day for me, Tuesday's good. Wednesday's quite nice this week, we'll have the new patio furniture delivered. Uh, and then there's Thursday, what's happening Thursday? Nothing happening Thursday this week, is there, I don't think? I've got something in my mind that I'm doing something on Thursday. Saturday, because last Saturday I had to cancel Giles for lunch, so I'm going to have to rearrange that this week. Can't do Friday, back to the doctors again, and then Saturday going down to see the godchildren. What am I doing Thursday? What the dickens am I doing Thursday? You know, when you get something in the back of your mind and you're thinking to yourself, what am I doing this week? (laughs) It's not that complicated, is it? I'll tell you who we spoke to yesterday, and she'll be coming up on In Conversation this coming Sunday. Trudy Goodwin who for 23 years was June Ackland, you know, in the bill. And today we'll be talking to Ray Davis, and you'll hear that one next week, Sunday after, Sunday after, because there's a new CD out. Uh, a new CD out. Sounds quite exciting, isn't it? A new CD out, but it's with the Crouch End Chorus. It makes your heart sink, doesn't it? The idea of Crouch End actually having a chorus. But uh, it's, it's songs from the kinks, as you've never heard before. So fans of Ray Davis, that'll be the week after. What am I doing? I've just already done this twice, haven't I? I've done it twice now. I'm, going, I'm losing, losing the will to live this morning. Uh, thank you very much indeed for all the people who sent in about the Nolans and the tour dates. <laughs> I think they'll be playing to three quarters empty. I really do. I'm, I'm very, very surprised. I know you could generate interest, but frankly, I don't know who would go. Who would go? I'd be very surprised if they sold out, because some of the venues are quite big. Oh, that's why I went onto it twice. I've just realised, because I was going to go to their website, which is www. I've lost the blooming thing now. Nolan Sisters. N-O-L-A-N-S-I-S-T. Sisters.com. And I got this, actually, because a couple of people sent it yesterday, including Dawn. So I was very, very grateful. So October the 11th is their first one. Nottingham Royal Concert Hall. They're trying to make them look trendy, whereas, in fact, all they were... I mean, it's a bit frightening, because, A, none of them play musical instruments. Uh, B, they look like... I mean, they they don't even know how to hold a guitar, which is even more worrying. And, B, they just do silly little dancings backwards and forwards. In fact, you don't have to go to YouTube. If you want to see what naff is, go, go and have a look. Anyway, Manchester Apollo on the 13th. Cardiff CIA... I'm assuming it's an, it's an arresting business. 16th. 17th Wolverhampton Civic Hall... Sounds like a scout hut, doesn't it? I'm sure it's absolutely lovely. The Cambridge Corn Exchange on the 80... 80- oh, they're not playing big venues, they're little one. Although on the 20th, the Blackpool Opera House, and that's quite a big one. But Blackpool is, of course, you know, they'll be... I don't know who would go to it. I don't know who would go. Liverpool Echo Arena on the 24th. Glasgow Clyde Auditorium, Birmingham. And uh, we're Bournemouth, then we go Sheffield. Hammersmith Apollo, Dublin and Belfast. To be honest with you, they've not been around for such a long time. What are they going to do? Are they going to rehearse little dances and sort of just move backwards? Because they're all fairly ancient. Combined aged of 200. What are they going to do on stage? But as Andy set up, he said, of course, you know, I'm in the mood for... And he he said, because you're mentioning it every day, they'll probably sell out now. Which, of course, he's probably right, actually. However, tickets are £35 in Hammersmith. £35. I can think of so many things you could do with £35, ladies and gentlemen. It's a bit steep, says Dawn, because I'm seeing Paolo Nettini there at the same venue on the 30th, and his ticket's £25. 
So, I mean, I wouldn't pay £35 on loans, but the trouble is, and you've got, two, you've, you've got Ray, who's Colleen's other half, he'll be playing the drums. Oh, no, he's playing guitar, isn't he? I'm not sure if he's actually got experience of playing guitar, but he's doing that, so obviously keeping it cheap and in the family. And it's great, but what are they going to do? I think they'll be dancing to backing tracks. I think that's what it is. Oh, and by the way, all the stuff in the press about Adamant and touring, it's rubbish. It's not true. On his official website... He said the current stories appearing in the press and on radio stations regarding live dates are completely fictional. Any news will be announced exclusively through the official Adamant website, adamant.net, when there is something to report. So, obviously, not at the moment. Thank you, Dawn, for that. Always useful to get the, uh, the background on everything, isn't it? Uh, we've got a birthday to celebrate later on, and uh, the horse racing. I'm not too sure you want to know about the horse racing. don't think you will. Oh, and the, and the guest reviewer, actually, to do the uh, papers today with Nick Ferrari is Anne Whittacombe. She only in a short while ago, but then, of course, I don't think she declared her intention to stand as Speaker for the uh, House of Commons. Although, do you notice Janet Street Porter got it completely wrong in her column the other day? She was saying, oh, she'll be aiming to sit on the woolsack. That's the House of Lords, Janet. There's no point in trying to correct you. I know that you really aren't, you know, up to speed with things like that, but I just thought we'd point that out. As soon as I read it, I thought, no, 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 you're completely wrong there. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Now, the thing that is happening today, and I'll mention it now and I'll mention it later, is taking to the streets today will be lots of adverts for LBC. You won't better move for adverts for LBC. And I was thinking, you know, if somebody can get a picture to us this morning and sort of, I don't know, what do you do? Do you email that in? Yes, you can email a picture in. Or you could text, no, you can't text in because I can't open up a text picture, so it's got to be an email to steve at lbc.co.uk because you might see one. In fact, there's a very good chance because there's 300 taxis in London with LBC branding on the side. And they'll be taking up. Now, what time they start, I've got no idea. But they're, they're running around London for, for some time. So it depends what time the guys get up as to what time they get out there. Some might be night workers, some might be day workers. I've got no idea where they're all concentrated. So if you see one, take a picture, send it in, steve at lbc.co.uk. I was going to say, we'll, we'll award a prize to the first person who comes in, but I have a sneaking feeling that I don't think I've got any prizes in my little cupboard at the moment. So if you see one of the LBC cabs... Then uh, do do take a picture of it, and then send it in, and then we can we can give them a shout out on the program. It's good, isn't it? Eight four eight five zero stevedlbc dot co dot uk. They found the winner, incidentally, of the twenty five million pounds. And wouldn't you just know it? He's seventy three. <laughs> it's not exactly. No, it would have been nice to have been somebody winning it who was a bit younger. But anyway, seventy three. As far as I know, I don't think that they've got children. He's got an allotment. And you might remember him because Brian Caswell was on TV and radio a short while ago because he complained because uh, lowlifes broke into the allotments, 11 allotments, and they stole uh, equipment. I mean, you can imagine what sort of people would be stealing, can't you, from allotments. But he's the third biggest lotto winner. And he's the biggest solo winner to go public. Oh, dear. Never go public, I think, on these things. But he's got 25 million quid, and they've got a picture in the paper of him actually going into the newsagent, handing over the ticket to get it verified, and the man goes, obviously, it's 25 million. And he goes, yeah, as you do. And then you, know, you have to hope that they keep living. So 25 million for a 73-year-old, so they can now go and buy more allotments, big house, big garden. But they've lived there for ages. Why would they want to change? Yes, and they'll need a security guard as well, I would think, which they will probably end up with. Which would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, 84850, uk. I did watch on the television yesterday, and I'm afraid I did... I did get quite angry. 
I don't, I, I do often get angry by watching news reports on the television. And this one concerned the death of Ben Kinsella. And they interviewed Ben's parents on the television, who are just ordinary working-class people whose son was taken from them. He was stabbed 11 times. You know the story of Ben Kinsella because it's been in all the papers as a documentary on the television this evening. And what was so heartbreaking, as with all these things, is he was just an ordinary boy. Just an, He was nobody special. He was just an ordinary person, but he was their son, and they're having to come to terms with it. How you come to terms with the death of a child just by natural causes is bad enough to have your child murdered is even worse and the thing that they said on the television yesterday which really made my blood boil was that the killers of Ben Kinsella who are going to serve about 19 years in prison I hear whether it's true or not that there's contract taken out on them so they might not live as long as they perhaps think they might do I mean that these these things circulate very quickly they showed no remorse at all, in court. And the worst thing was, the families of these killers started intimidating the Kinsellas. The families. What pieces of scum are they, ladies and gentlemen? What scum are they? You know what they are. They're the lowest pond life ever. When these three fellas get into uh, prison, and as they went out, I think a lot of uh, Ben's friends were going, you're going for porridge, you're going for... And they just showed no emotion. I'd watch your back, boys, when you're in prison. I'd watch your back... I think there'll be people out, out gunning for you. Because it's just ridiculous. 19 years, it's nothing. They'll end up probably serving less than 15. And as Ben's dad has said in the papers today, for a knife killing, it's just not right. It's not right that they're going to be walking the streets in 15 years. Mind you, hopefully, minus their legs. That'd be rather nice to think about, wouldn't it? It's just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And my heart just bled for the Kinsella family yesterday. Just ordinary people who don't have a son now, and yet there's three bits of... You can't even use the word, actually, which would describe them in prison. And the worst thing, their families and friends of theirs who were sort of intimidating the Kinsella family. I mean, just disgusting, I'm afraid. Helen says, good news about Ray Davis, an icon. Why is Esther Ranson still making the headlines, teasing an uninterested public about the prospect of her as an MP? I've got no idea. No idea. I, I really, I can't explain Esther Ranson to anybody, because I'm never too sure why she'd want to be an MP. I mean, she's 150, isn't she? At least 150. But she wants to be an MP. Well, so she says. I don't think, seriously, she knows enough about politics to actually, um, to actually go into that. But that hasn't stopped anybody before now. Fergus Shanahan, writing in The Sun today, is talking about a Muslim cocktail waitress, Fatah Lemez, who won £3,000 because she had to wear a sexy red dress as part of her job. If she found the frock so offensive, says Fergus, and we'll come to this later, why did she choose the picture of her boobs tumbling out for her Facebook site? He says you're taking the pims, love. Not only that, you have to ask yourself, why would a committed, devout Muslim want to work in a bar anyway? Anybody explain that one to me? She wanted 20000 Luckily, the court went, don't be so stupid. Anyway, her Facebook picture shows her shoving her boobs in, uh, in your face. And yet she's saying that by wearing this red dress in this bar, and she's in every paper this morning, she was made to feel like a prostitute. Oh dear, I don't think we could ever go that far, dear. A red dress just means you're a bar person. You're there to attract people. The same in any bar. You go into a bar, you like the, you know, somebody's wearing a nice dress behind the bar, you go, you look nice. And then you buy more drinks. If you seriously think you're a prostitute, dear, then you shouldn't have been in the business in the first place. Makes people wonder, I suppose, if you actually went there to see if you could get 20,000 quid. Perhaps hearing that we're, we're such a soft touch in this country. You know, somebody goes, oh, you're fat. 
give me money. That's all they want. It's the filthy lucre, ladies and gentlemen. It's a disgraceful culture that we're heading into, and I don't like it at all. 5.15. 97.3. London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. There you are. So I, was just, I was miles away, actually. I just opened my fruit, thinking, I don't know, strawberry or grape? What a decision. <laughs> grape. I had strawberry and grape, actually. Uh, 8 for 850, steve Can you say hello to Jerry the Milkman, delivering in Wilsdon? Good Lord. Do you know, I used to love that years ago. Sounds very old-fashioned, doesn't it? But I remember years ago, you'd, you'd hear the sound of the milk float coming down, because all the milk was in crates. Nowadays, you don't hear it at all. And you don't, I don't see that many milkmen. I used to have one in Stains. And uh, and used to have and you'd hear the milk float coming and I can remember the noise of putting the electric milk float in gear and it was just just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you don't get it now. You know why? There's so many cars on the road. If there are sort of three people in a family and then mum and dad, most people have got cars. You could have a family with five cars. Years ago, nobody had cars. Dee says, I think I've got a long lost grandfather in Bolton. I must drop him a line. <laughs> Mark says. These prisons are full of these scum anyway. They'll probably be the branded heroes, I should imagine. Not on this case. I think if you take the life of a child, I think your life is made very difficult. I did hear this rumour. I don't know where it came from the other day. And somebody said that, you know, a contract had been taken out. You know, it's, it's almost like you're dealing with something that goes back to the craze, doesn't it? When the people say, a contract. They were saying the other day that Britain's toughest prisoner... Uh, is not going to be allowed out because they reckon he's still a danger to the public. And I think his name is Charles Bronson. It's not his real name. His real name is something like Edward Clutterbuck or something stupid. And he changed it to Charles Bronson. Not all there in the upstairs department, I'm afraid. Uh, Paul says, uh, it's a shame the Nolans are in London. That's the day I'm cleaning the oven. It's, it's a problem, isn't it, really? It is. And Sarah says, I'm going to the Sheffield Nolan concert. My friend is their number one fan. Must be very old by now, aren't they, I should imagine? Because most of the uh, the Nolans, if their combined age is 200, they haven't had a hit single for God knows how long. About five years, isn't it? I mean, what are, are they actually going to be doing the dancing? Surely not. I mean, Colleen couldn't dance for Toffee and couldn't sing either. She did the la-la-las. So if you look at the pictures, it looks like she's going to be lead singer. I don't think it's very likely. Oh, do you remember we told you about the breakdancing pensioner from Britain's Got Talent, Fred Bowers, 73? Uh, this was the man who was claiming disability benefit, and yet was doing breakdancing and said he went dancing every night. Luckily, finally in this country, people see sense, they've taken away his £50 uh, benefit for his car, his motability allowance, and he could be stripped of his £70 a week disability benefit. What do you mean, could be? He can dance, he's not disabled. You just take the money away. Take it away from him. It's just ridiculous in this country. I'm sorry, are you disabled? No, look, I'm going, look, hop, skipping, jumping and jumping on my head and rolling over. And that's disabled, is it? Small wonder there's enough crooks out there claiming disability allowances because it's just, it's just so easy to get. So easy to get. Very quickly, so uh, bring up to date with some of the, uh, the texts and emails. Steve, why has our great Dennis Healy had the most rubbish interview on Desert Island Discs? Our greatest interviewer, Steve Allen, one hour of pure conversation. Do you remember Dennis Healy was saying it's so sad? I don't know if you heard it, Angela, on the programme. He was talking about Margaret Thatcher and said it's so sad. He said, she's so old now and, and past it. And every, t every time I look at Margaret, I'm thinking, she's 83. I didn't think she was going to come out of hospital. I don't think many people did think. But uh, she's obviously made of sterner stuff. Sterner stuff. Also in the paper today, there is a... There's such a strange story. It's a very strange story, this one. This is about a lady who... Uh, let me just have a... 
No, it's not a court case or anything else like that. Her name's Diane Craven. What she did, she pretended to have her lover's baby, okay, and then she ditched him and pretended that she died by sending him an email. Sorry, by sending him a text message saying, no, saying that she was her brother and the brother was writing to the ex-lover saying, I'm terribly sorry to tell you this, but uh, Diane died brain hemorrhage the other day. And he only twigged to it because this is a married mum of three. She's quite clearly screwed out of her mind, I'm afraid. Made out she was her brother when she sent the text. She sent other texts giving lover Stuart Shortland details of her funeral. He was so shocked, he developed alopecia and went bald. Uh, Last night, the son found pictures of Diane on the internet taken three months after she died. He was living in Portugal when Diane texted him from the UK to say their baby girl, Ruby, was born on November the 10th. Okay. So he's in Portugal. They've had a relationship. She says, I've I've nicknamed her Rue and said she looks exactly like you. So this is what what she's texting. When he flew to the UK to see the girl he thought he was having an affair with and the baby, they both vanished. Five days later, he gets the text from Diane's phone saying, I'm Di's brother, Dave. There's no easy way to say this. So here goes. She died last Saturday afternoon, brain hemorrhage. Stuart then got texts about the funeral. When he tried calling, there was no answer. They had an on-off relationship that lasted for years. At one point, Diane left hubby Gary to live with Stuart in Portugal and returned two weeks later. He could find no record of the death or birth. And then the son found a Facebook picture of Diane. She's moved to Bali. I'm peculiar woman. And we know there's some barking people out there, but there's a picture of her in the paper today. And uh, she ha- she refused to comment. The son obviously went out there to say, what are you doing? Why would you send something like this? I'm not You know what these people are like. They're, they're generally dribblers. And Gary looked stunned when he was told about the con. He said, she's just a, a wicked, twisted woman. I don't know why you do it. I'm trying to think of any logical reason why you do this. You have an affair with somebody and then you pretend you've died. What are you, some sick woman? Answer, yes, according to the papers today. Too many of these people around. She'll probably be claiming compensation, I imagine, from him. I I tell you what I did watch yesterday, Judge Judy. I love it. People stand there arguing. At one point, Judge Judy is talking to this Mexican guy and his very young girlfriend, who he'd never married, but he had three children with, and he had two with somebody else, and he hadn't paid one penny piece for the maintenance of the children. Judge Judy said, so what do you do for a living? I don't do nothing. Well, 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 when did you work last? A year ago. So, so she said, you had children knowing you didn't have... Why are you not working? Uh, bad back. What, what, what sort of bad back? Uh, you know, I get uh, this incapacity. And so he was trying to explain this to her. And Judge Judy was having nothing to do with it. She was saying to him, she said, listen, you don't have children if you can't afford to support them. And this gormless idiot stood there, fat as a house, if you, you know, I mean, he really was. And she's saying, who feeds you? Oh, nobody. Who feeds you, she said. Because she's quite feisty. And the meanwhile, the 25-year-old, who's obviously a bit dim as well, who had sex as many times with this bloke and ended up with three children and is now living back with her mother, which is what a lot of girls do. They say, oh, I can't afford I'm going to live with my mother. So all of a sudden, mothers have to put up with it. And that's why you see so many elderly women pushing prams up and down the high street. They're not theirs. It's their daughters who don't understand the word condom. It's a fairly simple word to use. Fairly simple. No, oh, look, the sun's come up. So much better than yesterday. Yesterday was a bit miserable, apparently, for some people. But today, the sun is coming up. God is in his heaven. And he said, you know, I'm going to make it a nice day for the LBC cabs when they venture onto the street. So if you do see one, all you have to do, take a picture on your phone and send it in to steve at lbc.co.uk.
steve at lbc.co.uk. OK. Uh, David says, we have a milk float, deliver our milk here in Banstead. You just don't see them very often, do you? It's a bit old-fashioned, I'm afraid. Uh, nothing old-fashioned about our... Oh, we're not doing that. I'm not doing that. I told you before. In the How Low today, yesterday we do a, a very nice computer. Today, it's an LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. It's a package. It's a 42-inch television, so try and get excited about this one and the fantastic Nintendo Wii. If you want to do some exercise from home, you don't want to embarrass yourself by going out and wearing Lycra because most people don't look good in Lycra then you have to go for this because it's really, really good. The television's got invisible speakers, digital built-in, Nintendo Wii, don't need to tell you what it is, the most popular games console on the market. Lowest unique bid will win. This one finishes at 6pm today. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm, please. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So that's LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it into treble eight two one. Bid'll cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. And good luck. Good luck. Lots of fresh fruit and vegetables advertised in the paper today. I've, I've decided I'm really getting into fruit and vegetables. But have you noticed it goes off so quickly? I went through the fridge yesterday, and I'm sure I only bought this stuff a short while ago. I bought some beans, stuff I never used to eat years ago. And, and all of a sudden... I'm looking at the sell-by dates, and some of it was the 5th. I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's the 16th today, so I had to throw it out. So I threw out yesterday three packs of vegetables, a yoghurt, a prawn cocktail, something else, I can't remember what it was. I remember thinking, this is stupid. I'm now buying stuff on a daily basis. I go shopping every day, like probably the rest of you. I wonder, whatever happened to we go shopping at the end of the week, and you get there and your mum would do a list... And you go, right, and you go, me, I've never done a list in my life. Probably why it cost me a small fortune, and my mother managed to do it on a budget. That's what budgets are. 84850, steve at uh, A prisoner murdered an OAP, there's all sorts of stories here, uh, to get money for drugs and claim benefits while on the run. I don't, you know, you sometimes open up the papers and you read these stories and you think, I don't know, I think hanging's too good for these people. These people, though, says Ed, never show remorse until they've served a couple of years, and then it's only because they're feeling sorry for their pathetic waste of lives. Who gives a forex about them? It's true, actually, they don't, because the latest thing... What's going happen that they'll come out and they go, oh, look, and then years to come, they'll be turning up on the television on Britain's Got Talent. They'll be going, I've turned my life around now. Yes, I was a murderer when I was younger, because it was peer pressure. The trouble is, they need the short, sharp shock treatment. There is, there is no deterrent for any of these people. There is no deterrent at all. Chris says, the Nolans are a bit naff, but they've got nice boobs. I know, but the trouble is, they're mainly pushing them around in wheelbarrows now. That's the trouble. It's not as exciting, is it? (laughs) Steve, I'm pleased that Colleen's going on tour. Hopefully she won't be on Loose Women. Yes, I agree. Actually, that can only be good news, can't it? <laughs> it's fantastic. 84850, uk. Take more of your texts and emails. And we're still looking for the LBC cabs. So they're out there this morning. 300 cabs with LBC plastered all over the site. I'm waiting for the first picture. I'm determined to get one this morning. I'm determined to get one sent in. So if you, if you see one, take a picture, send it in to steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Brian in Hampton Hill remembers the days when the local milk float was pulled by a horse. 
The neighbours would rush out with their bucket and shovels to tidy up after it. If you get the film, Brian, um, Steptoe and Son, they carry the, uh, because they were doing the rag and bone, rag and bone, rag and bone, and they'd run, they'd give you a balloon, or you get a, a flower or whatever it was if you'd sort of taken some stuff, and at the back of the cart, there would be a bucket, and they would shovel up the horse manure, and it would go in there, then they'd take it back and, you know, they'd put it on the roses, I suppose. Uh, happy birthday tomorrow to Harry Patch. You know Harry Patch. He's Britain's last World War One Tommy. He celebrates tomorrow his 111th birthday. So we see 112 and 113 as 111. Well done, Harry Patch, tomorrow. And uh, bad news for poor Natalie Russell. Natalie Russell is of limited intelligence, I think, because she's been banned from Croydon Town Centre in South London. Her crime, she flashes her bottom at tram drivers. I'm not sure whether she's a drunk or whether she's just indicative of what lives in Croydon nowadays. Bit difficult to tell, but Natalie Russell, you've been named and shamed. You're a saddo. I bet you're desperately unattractive as well. I've just got this feeling nobody flashes their bottom at at, uh, at uh, tram drivers, unless you're, you're really a little bit sad, I'm afraid. <laughs> 84850, uk. Jennifer says... Can somebody tell me why it is when a white lad such as Ben is murdered by a gang of black lads, the victim's colour isn't mentioned? If Ben had been black and the killer's white, colour would have been an issue. Probably would have been, actually. I think it would have been mentioned a black lad was murdered by... But we've had that before, haven't we? We've had that before. But we do seem to see more knife crime. Every day I open up the newspapers, there is more knife crime. The other day, there was an Asian shopkeeper murdered because he refused to hand over money to a, to a, a druggie. These people, I remember, and I can take you back to the shop as well, uh, a good friend of mine used to run a shop at the end of Chelsea, and he was open practically 24 hours, practically 24 hours, really, really nice man, and he used to get no end of abuse from drunks and drug addicts who would wander in, and uh, these people need taking off the street. I think we need to start a culture of stopping people drinking. This 24-hour drinking is just getting out of hand, and now people go out there with... Uh, with sort of knives, and many people carry them. In America, the kids go through a metal detector to find out if they're carrying a knife. And people are prepared to use a knife. It's ridiculous. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Paul says, the Nolan's in concert. Grab a granny night, more like. Lynn says, we have a milkman, deliver our milk. Fabulous fella, from Brazier Dairies. Out no matter what the weather, always get a Christmas box from us. It's good, isn't it? I quite like that idea, actually. A Christmas... Do you remember Christmas boxes? Does anybody do Christmas boxes? I don't think they do. Where you'd sort of... You know, the, the dustman had come round, and because they'd emptied your bin every every day throughout the year, or every whatever it was, you would give them a pound or a couple of pounds, and that's how they would make their money up at Christmas. You used to do it to loads of people. Fantastic. I love it. 84850, steve at Um Steve, I'm vexed. That elderly breakdancer may have his benefits stopped. Hello, may have his benefits stopped. My poor dad in his 60s, and thanks to chronic arth- arthritis, cancer and being diabetic, has to claim disability because he is. He works 70-hour weeks to care for me. Uh, only let up to look after my sick grandparents, says Angela. So there you go. And Galen Fulham, no, you're not losing the plot. OK, you're not losing the plot. I'll just answer that for Gail in Fulham. She knows what the, uh, the question is. Uh, Peter Andre has branded Katie Price disgusting, like the rest of the country, actually. Why don't we stick in ugly, foul-mouthed and, uh, and a bad drunk? And I think all of those would be, uh, would be pretty apropos. Uh, he said, keep the children out of the divorce battle. 
This is after Jordan laid into him when he was pictured with another woman. He was at a benefits event. He went to an event and was uh, there. The trouble is, poor Jordan is so eaten up with jealousy. And, in fact, many of the critics have said exactly the same today, that uh, she's not spiralling out of control. She's just nasty. She's just nasty. Better get over yourself, Jordan, because uh, he doesn't like you anymore. And it appears that nobody else does in the country. We can't find any support for Jordan at all. And I thought by now we, we would have found somebody who liked her. Nobody likes her. Nobody likes her. Paul Gascoigne claims he's being driven to the brink by his ex-wife's spiralling claims for maintenance cash. I don't know why he's still paying maintenance for the, for the children. I mean, Reagan's 13, Bianca... She's 22 and she's already a very successful topless model and, uh, and nothing. And, uh, and his other son, Mason, is 19. Why is he paying maintenance still? How long do you have to keep getting it? 18, I suppose, now. But Bianca's been earning her own money through getting her boobs out for ages. So, a real successful career there. And, uh, and Cheryl, well, we don't know what she does anymore. We have no idea. They've also, um, they're offering you the chance in the Daily Star to vote today. It's a pointless vote. Should knife killers get the death penalty? They've got a picture of the uh, of the disgusting pond life here. And uh, this is uh, Braithwaite, Elaine and Kika. Uh, arrogant little boys who will have it all kicked out of them in prison. They'll learn. You know, you've got quite a number of years to, uh, to get used to it. But I'm sure that your families are absolutely delighted with you. Absolutely thrilled. 84850, uk. So I'm just going to give you the Nolan's dates again. I suddenly realised I didn't want to give you the Nolan's dates again. So easy. So easy to just go down there. Um, the sports department winner uh, won at 6-1. to one, So the probably should be 7.20, not 4.80, as Alex only gave the tote return. He seems to pick the lowest return for your winners and the highest return for his. Can you pass this on? I shouldn't imagine they're remotely interested in the sports. They just want to know whether it wins or not. That's, that's all they care about. All they care about. Sally's listening in Melbourne. Discovered LBC whilst visiting London for a couple of months recently. Loved it, and particularly Steve's programme. Delighted that we can now pick it up in the colonies. It's a shame you're not going to get the benefit of the LBC cabs. 300 of them this morning. I'm still waiting. Somebody somewhere is going to be able to get a picture of, uh, of one of these LBC cabs, because I'm looking forward to seeing one myself, because we had them some years ago. But I want to, I want to see again. Uh, 84850, do you know you don't have to type www before the internet address? I thought you did, actually. Wait a minute. I think we shall check that. We're going to try it. So we'll put... Wait a minute. It's so useful, isn't it? OK, here. So we do that. N-O-L. Uh, oh, we're going to count right now. Dot com. There you go. Does it find it? No, it doesn't. You have to put www in. You didn't. Oh, yeah, well, quite clearly. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't remember it. What it does is it puts it... Why's this thing not deleting? Stupid thing. Delete. Delete. Yes, if you put it in here, but then you have to click on it. But if you're putting a new address in for the first time, you've always got to put it on. Of course it remembers it. It's a computer. But if, if you do... The, look, if you do this... Well, well, he's wrong then. He says, because you do have to put www in. Look, if, if you do this one... Why is this not working? What's the matter with this computer at the moment? Why is it not doing what it's supposed to be doing? Look, it's not deleting. Why is it not doing it? It's not doing it. We'll find out. But you have to put it in the first time. Otherwise, it, it doesn't know. On most computers. And then what it will put up is, uh, <coughs> is a box underneath. It'll drop down with all the, uh, the different things on there. So if you put LBC, you just type LBC. And there you go. You just click on the first thing where it goes. www.lbc.com. 
lbc.co.uk. So you've got to put it in. No, but that's the LBC one, which is uh, HTTP. So, it's <laughs> not going to lose this one. Yeah. So it's www for LBC, but this one here comes up. This is internal, isn't it? So we're now watching internally, and it's not deleting it for some reason. It was, oh, it's better now. So if you do LBC, wait a minute, dot co dot UK, and then do that. There we go. Right, so still with this, uh, this girl in the paper today, the Muslim cocktail waitress. There she is. Very pretty little girl she is too. I'm being caring. <laughs> Trying to be caring this morning. So, she, so she's a Muslim girl. Quite a committed Muslim, she says here, from Bosnia. And they said to her, if you come and work here, uh, this, is, this is what we want you to wear. It's, uh, well, she says it's a tight red dress. Well, I'm looking at this red dress. It doesn't look any more tighter than anything you'd wear anywhere else. You know, presumably, as she's got boobs, because you know in her Facebook picture she's showing them to you, uh, you'd be thinking to yourself, this isn't tight. She says it's too revealing and it was indecent. Not half as indecent as the thing she's got on Facebook. Anyway, she went to court saying that it made her look like a prostitute. To be, to be quite honest with you, I'm, I would have no idea what prostitutes look like going out wearing red dresses. This looks a perfectly respectable red dress. But they, uh, they did find, the panel there, that uh, she overstated her trauma because she had a black dress that was open at the back. Oh, my goodness me. Perhaps, perhaps full... I mean, I don't know what a Muslim girl is doing working in a bar anyway. I would have thought that was not the best place for her to go. But anyway, she says that the dress could be considered red because it meant that you were available for sexual favours. What the hell goes on in this girl's mind? Anyway, she wanted 20,000 quid and they went, that was so stupid. Anyway, so now all the papers have picked up on the, uh, on the boob photograph. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? You must think occasionally when you see these pictures in the, in the newspapers. Do people arrive in this country and they go, how can I get money? I know, I'll go and get a job somewhere and then complain about it. Because that, that's, that's what happens, isn't it? And then the courts go, all right, you can have some money. I don't understand why somebody would signify that red meant you were a prostitute. I'm going to have to throw out all my red shirts. Because quite clearly, when I'm walking down the street, Futter, a lot of people are probably thinking, he's available. He's available. I'm giving off the wrong impression. I should be wearing black. I realise this. Because I thought most good Muslim girls did wear black. They like black and they have nice trouser suits and everything else. They don't go around, you know, going for jobs in cocktail bars. Because a cocktail bar, you have somebody who's pretty. Anyway, moving on. Other stories in the papers today. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's mum is so desperate to get him home that, uh, and dump Paris Hilton that she said, come, come back home. He's not going out with Paris Hilton. Can we get this straight? He's not going out with Paris Hilton. It's called publicity. It's like every time you open up the paper today, in every paper, there is this singer, Pixie Lott. I think it's Pixie Lot. She's got... She's falling out of a nightclub, falling into a nightclub. Every single paper has got a picture of Pixie Lot. So she got royally drunk to celebrate her chart-topping single, Mama Do. Because that's how you get coverage nowadays. You've got to go out to a club. It's like Sarah Harding is still out clubbing. I mean, Sarah Harding, 63, uh, is out there now. And she was there to support, in Ibiza, her fellow DJ, Tom Crane. And, of course, Sarah Harding is like, wicked... Of course, you know, of course, that they can't sing for Toffee. And well done. I mentioned earlier on, and we were so happy for him, Brian Caswell. 25 million, and all he wants to do in life is tend his allotment. I think that is so sweet. He's got 25 million. They've got, I don't know what they're going to do with it, probably give most of it away. And uh, somebody says here, one of his neighbours, oh, no, he does have daughters and grandchildren. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the first thing he buys is a nice new sprinkler system. Oh, that's sweet, isn't it? 
you do sometimes think money is wasted on some people, you know. Move into a big house, blow the sprinkler system. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Quarter to six, 84850, steve at First day out on the streets for the LBC cabs. 300 of them will be taking to the streets very if not immediately, if not sooner than that. And I'm looking for the first person to send me a photograph in of one of the LBC cabs. It's steve at lbc.co.uk. 87.3, London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 12 minutes to six. Tuesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Loads of pictures. Oh, nice to see we had the red carpet out yesterday because the new Transformers film, and they were building it up. And it was amazing. You get the, uh, the film fans who sit there from... Well, when I come off air at seven, people have started sitting outside our window. And they sit there all day until it gets to the end. And all the, the young lads sitting out there yesterday were all a bit OK, yeah. Every single one of them. You could always tell... OKR boys, for the simple reason that their hair is kind of a little bit longer than most people, and uh, all the girls called Sophie and things like that, and it's just fabulous. And they were all sitting there, and they brought their own food, and they were sitting down there, and they were taking pictures of this Transformer thing being built up. It was quite impressive. They put it up on a crane, and I'm thinking that's quite nice. And then I missed it yesterday, because uh, out there, David Hasselhoff, Sienna Miller and Gary Lineker. Makes you wonder, you know, when they sort of put the, the guest list together for these things, they go, Gary Lineker, for what possible... And David Hasselhoff. And Danielle West... Uh, sorry, not Danielle Westbrook. Danielle Lloyd. And luckily making her first appearance since she was attacked in that club, you remember. And uh, I didn't think it was her first appearance. I thought she'd been out before, actually. But that's not spoiled a good story. And so she was out there as well. And uh, loads of other people were there, although... Nobody of any consequence at all. After the talk about Queenie's Castle the other night, says Paul, did you get to see the programme about Diana Dawes the other night? Extraction of the programmes I'd forgotten. Uh, her next-door neighbour was Lynn Perry, who went on to play Ivy Tilsley. And you remember, poor old Lynn Perry had a drink problem, and I think they put her on the word, and they filmed her, and she was drunk and slurred and all over the... And it was very difficult for her. But uh, Diana Dawes... i tell you what I watched the other day, and it, it was almost the forerunner to his act... And, and that was Up the Elephant and Round the Castle with Jim Davidson. It was one of a landmark series of programmes that Thames Television produced. And, and the scripting was very, very good. It was a simple set, and he was all like, Jack the lad, and, and he just did a monologue every week. It was a monologue with a few other people in there. Some lovely old faces from, from British television gone by, and I, I really quite enjoyed it, actually, although I'm not a big fan of Jim Davidson at all, because uh, I've, I've seen... Um, I've seen him when he's not particularly nice at all. Mitch says, if the journalists could find a picture of the Muslim waitress looking sexy, why couldn't the lawyers? Can't they appeal and get the money back? Well, that's what they're thinking of doing at the moment. And apparently it just took a little bit of digging by the, uh, by the journos to actually find it. Another one here. You know, talking about people claiming money, there's somebody here, a teacher, who is, in, who is suing... Wait for this one. A teacher who is suing the Environment Agency after a branch fed on, fell on her head during a stroll. A branch. OK. She says... and the I'll tell you how much she wants in a minute. She's claiming that she was left with a cut head. She's been unable to work since the accident. And she said that Czech should have identified the poor condition of the ash tree before the accident. She wants £300,000. I mean, you sometimes think to yourself, you know, years ago somebody had gone, bit stupid of you to walk underneath the tree then, wasn't it? Let's tell somebody the truth as opposed to, oh, let's give you 300,000. So much easier, isn't it? These, these claims 
that, that people put in there. I'm sure that some people deliberately... The stupidest one was a doctor who sued the NHS through being allergic to injections and said, I can't give injections, I've got an allergy. So they gave them money for being a... Oh, dear me. I mean, it's like me sort of saying, i tell you what I'll do. I think I'll sue Global Radio because I've got an allergic, an allergic reaction to headphones and I can't speak into a microphone. It frightens me. Can you imagine? And they go, OK, we'll, we'll, we'll consider that one. They'd be, you'd be laughed out of court, wouldn't you? Well, I'm assuming you'd be laughed out of court. I'm hoping you'd be laughed out of court. Uh, I tell you what people are laughing at at the moment, Big Brother, because nobody's watching it. The audience has taken... You know, the funny thing is, on the odd occasion, I do flip over just very quickly. They're all behaving like there's an audience watching, and there isn't. It's, 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 it's quite pitiful. So uh, we, won't, we won't mention it again. We won't mention it at all. I will be. Now, why did I mention this? Oh, yes, Shock Rockers Slipknot. Now, I have no idea who Slipknot are, but I'm assuming, um, looking at pictures, they're one of these thrash outfits or thrash bands. They apparently are secret fans of Susan Boyle. <laughs> this is Susan Boyle, who's not doing the uh, the tour, I'm afraid, because it's oh, been a bit stressful. And uh, she has sung the same song five times. You can imagine if she was in a West End musical. By the way, you'll be doing this song every night for the next God knows how long. Can't do it. Oh, and the good news is, we've got another crop circle. Just when you thought it was safe to come out the pub, there's another one. This is the Phoenix. The Phoenix crop circle. And apparently, according to enthusiasts, or as we prefer to call them, the barking ones, uh, they say this could signal the end of the world. Yeah, right. Again, I'm afraid, it's in Devizes in Wiltshire. Again, it's within striking distance of the pub, where they all come from, as you know. And they're saying here, uh, researchers claim that more and more circles are referring to the possibility of a cataclysmic event on December the 21st, 2012. So uh, make sure you're out that day, because something dreadful could happen. Crop Circle enthusiast Karen Alexander from Gosport says, The phoenix is a mythical creature which symbolises rebirth in a new era in many cultures across the world. Within the Crop Circle community, because apparently there's a community of this lot, Many believe the designs are constantly referring to December the 21st. Could be interpreted as the human race or Earth rising again. No, it's the people from the pub, Karen. I don't want to... We've told you this three times. It's, a bit, it's like banging your head against a brick wall, isn't it? I mean, perhaps it'd be better if they took you out one night and showed you them making them. That, would that convince you? No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't, because it's spacecraft and these things just appear overnight. No, they go out with torches, dear. And it's, it's very easy to see. <laughs> I think they're all filmed, and one of these days they'll all go, this is how we fooled everybody. But, of course, unfortunately, it's like people who want to believe in something. If, if you tell them that, you know, really, you, you do have the power to dematerialise and walk through a wall, they'll, they'll want to believe it. There's a picture in the Daily Star today, very strangely, of somebody who's written in. I'm assuming it must be uh, her. And uh, it's of Liz Fuller, who works on that ghastly Channel 5 quiz call programme. Oh, dreadful. And they say, can we have a picture of her? She's 150. All she does is this ghastly quiz programme, friend of Bobby Davro, so I think that kind of, you know, kind of sums it up, really. And, and she, she turned up to some event, probably people say, who are you, dear? What do you do? And the answer is, she does quiz call, where you remember quiz call, where they have all these balmy answers. You know, oh, we're looking for a film with red. I mean, she really is most peculiar, most peculiar. Uh, Steve says, Mitch, the reason nobody's sending you pictures of the LBC cabs is we're all indoors in our gym jams listening. Get out. There's 300 cabs. Michael says, I think that red dress the Muslim girl was wearing looks very nice. I'd be quite happy to wear it if my boss insisted at work. 
I have no doubt of it, Michael, at all. <laughs> I, I quite like the idea. Would it be funny if, you know, because if you go and work for Marks and Spencers, there's a uniform. Here, the boys who work on the front desk are sometimes the same boy, well, they are the same boys, who work overnight. So overnight they can wear jeans and T-shirts and casual. If they work on the front desk during the daytime, it's smart trousers, shirts, ties, and they look very... And Gary looks particularly good in it. And I said to him the other day, because he was, he, was he was all in black, and I said, you know, I said, it's so nice to see the entire Primark catalogue. Well, he nearly hit me. <laughs> I've never been in Primark in my life. I said, it does look very smart. It does look... They all look very smart down there because that's, that's what you're doing. You're fronting a business. So this girl, made to wear the red dress, we want you to look attractive. And, you know, these feeble excuses that, oh, it made me look like a prostitute, it's just rubbish because your Facebook picture proves that you're a liar. Because here you are with your, with your top bits hanging out and it's not very attractive. Good luck to uh, Diversity. I think winning Britain's Got Talent has changed their life and they've proved that they can get up there, they don't get stressed, they do the job every single night and they deliver 150%. So, well done to them. Uh, also, the paper today... Well, it's, it's this girl all over the place. And, uh, and surprisingly, Colleen Nolan on holiday again. So that's good, isn't it? Colleen Nolan... No, sorry, Colleen Nolan. Colleen Rooney. Colleen Rooney was uh, out on holiday... Because you know she's she's pregnant, so uh, so here it is, and she's pictured in OK magazine. She confirmed it in her column. She says it's the most brilliant news that I'm pregnant. Well, we knew ages ago. I mean, do you think perhaps we need to knock on their door in future and go? We think you're pregnant, because you know when you say to a celebrity now, you say, "Oh, so and so's pregnant," and they go, uh, "Well, I'm, I can't talk about it." You go, "Why? Is it a secret?" Why is a pregnancy a secret? I mean, Colleen will be flogging this for as much money as they can get, because they need loads of money now, don't they, to pay for the, uh, the Croydon facelift and another NAF outfit. And uh, unfortunately, you know, she's on holiday. I don't know what she does, actually, for a living. I've yet to discover. But apparently, one of the other ones who's married to Stephen Gerrard, she was saying it's disgraceful. Who's married to Stephen Gerrard? Alex Curran. She's complaining in the paper today that he only gets three and a half weeks holiday a year. And I, you know, and I thought, oh, love, my heart bleeds. My heart absolutely bleeds. Three and a half weeks holiday. And when, of course, when there's no football seat, what do you do then, love? Just sit at home and perhaps knit doilies or something. The dim Alex Curran, I'm afraid. I don't know. They don't. And incidentally, a lot of people have quite had enough of the female tennis stars at Wimbledon, all sounding as if they're in labour or making a soft porn film. OK, we don't want any more of it. So Julie Welsh has done a feature in the Daily Mail today saying, I've had enough. I've had enough. It, and they do that. Actually, it does sound like giving birth, doesn't it, really? It's just ridiculous. I don't know why they do it. I mean, I suppose it's so they, they get in the papers. For some reason, the majority of men writing about it seem to think this is actually quite funny. So they write about it, and, and we, we talk about it, and it doesn't get any better, does it? doesn't get any better at all. Do you know, there are loads of men in this country who are mass murderers, walking about quite freely. I only change the subject quickly, because there's a whole feature, and I've only just noticed it, on men who have committed genocide. There's one man here... He took part in the murder of 87,000 people. He lives in Manchester. There's another man who masterminded the slaughter of a million people in the Rwandan genocide. He visits Britain almost on a monthly basis. He walks, and we let them do it. And the reason that we let them do it is because we can't deport them because of their human rights. If Hitler were alive today, we'd probably give him a house, I should imagine. But they've got all sorts of people. There's a man here who lives in London, Colonel Fasisi Movigny accused of mass murder during the Rwandan genocide. He lives in London. Hope you're listening, mate. 
Hope you're listening. Hope you go very soon. Very soon. This is LBC. Action's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, everyone. What a glorious day. What a glorious day. It is beautiful. Well, it might be awful where you are, where I'm looking out the window. The sun is shining. That's my indication. If the sun shines on the building opposite and it looks clean, it's going to be a nice day. And the building opposite does look clean. We haven't seen the curtain twitcher for a while, so we're... uh, we're quite grateful for that one. Mind you, I've, I've, I haven't realised, I'm not sure whether or not, if you're outside, whether our window's missed over or something. I, I don't know. I did see something very cleverly in, a short while ago, and I forget where, it, where I'd seen it. It was one of these grand design programmes. And these, this couple had had a house built, and it was all glass. But they'd bought this special glass. So in the bedrooms, when you wanted to go to bed at night, you flicked a switch, and the glass went totally black. And you couldn't see through it. And in the daytime, you flick the switch again. And it was something to do with it had electricity going through or something, whatever it was. And it turned it from clear glass to dark glass. And you couldn't see through it. I thought, what a good idea. And perhaps we've got that here. Although somehow I doubt it. But we, we, are, I mean, we are sort of stuck inside a box and there's a double window out. I quite like it. quite like it. Happy birthday today to uh, Tracy. She says, uh, I was at the Queen's Theatre and, and suggested you went on holiday to Cyprus and visit Nathan Morley. So lots of love to you all. So happy birthday, Tracy. Actually, we've got birthdays all over the place because I discovered one a short while ago. And I'd, I don't generally, as you know, sing happy birthday. I'm not, a, I'm not known as a singer in any way, shape or form. But Viv in Balham is Ray in Balham's wife. OK. It says, would you be so kind as to wish Ray a very happy birthday? I feel sure he would love you to sing it to him. Now, you do remember that Ray in Balham is not a great fan of my singing, because I have tried to sing in the past, and he has written in saying, for goodness sake, try not to upset people anymore. You can't sing. So, just for you this morning, Ray, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ray in Balham. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ray. Happy birthday to you. There you go. It's the best you're going to get this morning, I'm afraid. It's for a Tuesday. It's the best I I can manage. And the CD version of that will be out very shortly. How cool are you? And I shall send you one as well. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. Steve, says Phil, Colleen on holiday. Holiday from what? Well, holiday from the last holiday. We all know that Colleen Rooney doesn't work. We all know it's a bit of a joke that she does a column. We all know it's just, oh, it's so stressful earning all this money and being like Colleen Rooney. But apparently they're still in love. So that's good news, isn't it? Uh, Johnny of Brickton is still looking for the LBC logo. Come on, I'm expecting somebody this morning, before I finish at seven, I'm expecting somebody have sent me in a picture to steve at lbc.co.uk of one of the LBC cabs. There are 300 out there. If I get the 300 drivers who've decided to work afternoons, I'm not going to be happy. But he says, can we petition on behalf of Alex Curran that Premiership footballers get an extra week or two's holiday? Struggling on 25 grand a week upwards must be heartbreaking that you can't do two weeks in Benidorm. 25,000 a week. Honestly, you feel like saying to her, don't you? I tell you what, love, why don't you get out there and do a job? Why don't you actually get out there and do something? Why don't you sort of get out there as opposed to moaning that all you get is three and a half weeks holiday a year? And of course, they're not playing football every day, are they? But I mean, she's not the brightest penny in the box. 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, John is a, is, a, is a Faversham driver. He says, I, uh, I'm an M&S driver. When I deliver to a store, I go home and podcast. 
What happened to the story about Linda Lusardi you were going to tell us a few months ago? Actually, there were a few Linda Lusardi stories. My favourite Linda Lusardi story was always the one that Linda Lusardi appeared in a play with Peter Duncan. And Linda, as you know, used to be a page three girl. And, in fact, one of the, one of the very few page three girls who actually moved on and developed an acting career. And so she appears in this play years and years ago with Peter Duncan. And they said on there, this uh, contains nudity. And so, of course, the theatre was full of, of men. I mean, I'm not saying it attracted the uh, the raincoat brigade, but there was certainly a fair set. And, of course, the person who took all their clothes off was Peter Duncan. <laughs> Linda Lusardi was fully clothed throughout the whole thing. And, of course, it was just the funniest thing ever because everybody went there and he said, you know, adults, you know, this, and, and does contain full frontal. So most of the audience were obviously there to see Linda Lusardi, which is very funny. Uh, Paul says, uh, just to say thanks, you've saved me a fortune. December the 21st, 2012, is actually my sister's 50th birthday, and I was trying to think of something special to mark the occasion. Now no need, because this is when the world's going to finish. This is according to the uh, crop circle people, and uh, because the phoenix has appeared in the field near the pub again. OK, don't want to dwell on it too much. On the subject of Alex and Colleen, I was just surprised they didn't flog pictures of the conception. <laughs> Though they've sold everything, haven't they? I mean, they have, I mean, everything. Every bit that they can make money out of, they do. And yet all they, they've got all day to do nothing apart from do their hair and makeup, And they still end up looking like the proverbial dog's dinner. You would think that you'd, you'd go out there and educate yourself, get an educate, try and do something. As opposed to just going around and going on holiday again. But if that's what, uh, you know, they do. Finally, I'm going up to Bolton in my role of theatrical agent to see the nice man with the cash to see if he will bankroll the northern part of the world tour of a certain LBC celebrity. Uh, who could that be, I ask you? Now, listen, if you have just woken up this morning, it is Tuesday. I can tell you that Anne Widdicombe is doing the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari. So uh, she'll be in just after the news at seven. If you do see, because this morning, there's 300, 300 LBC cabs... These are, well, I say LBC cabs. They're cabs with LBC logos all over the side going throughout London. I think you should send pictures in. If you see what, there's got to be one out there this morning. Somebody did point out earlier on it would be a lot easier if I asked people to just drive up and down the, uh, the road at the back here. And then I could look out the window and then I could see one because I'm hoping to see one later. I might nip out for breakfast and go and have a look because later we've got to record an in conversation with Ray Davis. So I'm looking forward to that. I did mention at the beginning of the programme, and I'm very sorry if I used bad language... Uh, when I was speaking about uh, the thugs, the pieces of pond life who killed Ben Kinsella. And his father today has done a, a piece in a number of the papers saying 15 years for knife killing, it's not right. And, uh, and I agree with him. And my heart just bled yesterday when I saw it in the papers. So I might have been slightly rude about the murdering thugs who killed him and hoping they get their comeuppance in, uh, in, in prison. Uh, we did mention the Nolans going on tour. It's a bit sad and pathetic, really. They were, they, were, they were naff at the best of times. They were never, you know... I mean, it's very sweet to see them, and I, and I do love them, except Colleen. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, who the dickens is going to pay 35 quid for a ticket to go and see the, the Nolans? I mean, I just, I just can't see it. I can't see it at all. Um, Steve, that was quite lovely. Your baritone is quite smoky. Very nice. You can wish my hubby happy birthday singing like that. You see, all of a sudden, there's a new career here. Happy birthday to you. I could make it quite sexy, I think. Um, glorious tone, says Ray in Barkingside. Steve, you should do a duet with Susan Boyle. Thank you. I'm not sure if that's a, if that's a, a compliment or an insult. I suspect probably an insult. Chris in Essex says, seeing as the Roonies are expecting, does this mean we'll be getting Shrek 4 very soon? Oh, that's so cruel. Listen, just because his hair's falling out and people have called him Shrek for ages. I mean, come on. 
Tony in Greenwich says, Stephen Fry's programme, Kingdom, this week was about the Corn Circle people. I know, you know what they do? They listen to this programme, see, see what's winding me up, and then they go, I'll tell you what, let's do that on the television. Just to really annoy Steve Allen. You know, it, re- it works every time. And uh, Michael McIntyre says, Jack, brilliant. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. It's uh, 6.14. In 97.3, London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 17 minutes past six. Come on, up, 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 up. Might as well get up today. Unless you're not working, if you're actually ill in hospital, don't get up. Stay there. Because any minute now, you're going to get breakfast. When I was in hospital, I was lying there waiting. Because I've been awake for ages. I was thinking, I could just do with some toast. And they come out and you're going, you want a boiled egg? No, I want some toast. With Marmite on, or I know everybody hates Marmite, or peanut butter, anything like that. If you're lying in bed at the moment, or failing that, if you're just lying at home thinking, I really want a cup of tea, but I'm blowed if I've got the energy to actually get up and make the blooming thing. You want to get one of those tea fell kettles. Awful lot better. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, all the papers today are full of uh, a picture of a duck treading on one of its little ducklings. I don't know why. Obviously, somebody sees a picture of this, and then they, they sort of decide to send it into the papers. They send it in, and we all go, oh, aren't they cute? Not now. You want to see them every year when we used to have the blasted things. Uh, and here they all are, the boozed-up students again. Cambridge University brain boxes had flooded the city's parks after being banned from holding traditional Suicide Sunday drinking games on college grounds. So off they went out, and again, the usual bunch of drunks all over the place. The one thing that alcohol is responsible for, there was a s- dreadful story in a paper the other week of a, uh, a PR girl who, in an effort to keep up, started drinking more and more and more, and in the end, it killed her. And I remember, strangely enough, and it's happened in our family, although the drink didn't kill my father, because he was never such a great drinker, but when he started running the Special Forces Club, he had to drink because it was a much more sociable job. So every night he'd be in the bar because he was running it, uh, not the bar, the club, and he'd be in there and people would be buying him drinks and saying, have a drink, have a drink. And so in the end he was drinking far more than he was ever used to, even though we'd been brought up surrounded by alcohol. We used to have miniature bottles of alcohol in our house all the time. We collected it. I don't know if there's people listening who collect miniatures. As you go around the world, you can buy little bottles of, of everything, from, from Guinness to, to whiskies to everything. And we had hundreds of them. And around the shelf in our city... It sounds horrible, doesn't it? makes it sound like we lived in a pub. But all around the shelf were these little bottles. Dust collectors, my mother used to call them. And, we had, and then for some reason, we must have moved house, and they never appeared again. Somewhere languishing in a warehouse is a box full of our family stuff. Because there's about... Probably about ten items I can think of, including a camel stool that came from Egypt, a ship that my dad made for my mother when they first got married, because he was very good at model making, and he made this galleon, and complete with the rigging, and, I mean, beautifully put together. He made a model of a house that we lived in in Yorkshire. All of this stuff has disappeared. So somewhere... And the poker that I made at school in metalwork, that's gone too. I wouldn't mind, but it was some some years ago now. Some years ago. Do you know, if I read another story about Prince Andrew, I think I'm just going to throw myself through the window. He's bought a second-hand gas-guzzling car. He's bought a Bentley Anage for £200,000. And uh, he's just... I don't know, where where does Prince Andrew get his money from? Anybody explain to me where it comes from? Apart from... You just can't all be from us, can it? Because you remember that he, he does... Uh, use helicopters all over the place. For some reason, poor old Prince Andrew th- seems to think that he's different from the rest of us. I'm more siding, the older I get, with Prince Charles. I know, years ago, Prince Charles, poor soul, was written off as balmy because he spoke to plants. And yet, if you look at some of the things... Admittedly, sometimes he has intervened and you think, no, 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 that's wrong, that's wrong. Because they do come from a family 
where nobody ever says no to them. Everything they do, if it was remotely funny, people will just fall apart laughing. Ha <laughs> ha, very funny, sir. Whereas anybody else, would be, get off, get off the stage. You're not going on tour with Susan Boyle. Oh, forgot Susan Boyle's not going on tour. Sorry about that. But uh, everything Prince Andrew does, we all go, oh, why don't you just do a proper job? You don't do anything apart from play golf. You've got the most peculiar ex-wife. And, uh, and, and as for the, uh, the children, let's not talk about them. Ray and Balham. See, so I've told you, listen, I do my best. He says, many thanks for your kind birthday wishes. However, after listening to you singing, I shall have to take some aspirin and go for a lie down for the rest of the day. She, I mean, you do your best, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? I, I do do my best. Richie says, just on my way to work in a brand new LBC emblazoned cab. Nice of them to advertise the LBC, sorry, the DAB service up here. <laughs> as if, as if. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be very nice, actually. Uh, Steve, I saw that uh, play with Linda Lusardi and Peter Duncan in Southsea in the 1980s. Peter Duncan did indeed give us a full frontal, but he lost his composure when some wag called out for him to cover himself with a blue Peter badge. (laughs) You see, there's nothing as cruel as people. Steve, you singing. Britain has got talent, much better than I've heard on that show. Let's not get carried away with it, shall we, this morning. It's only Tuesday. We have to get through the rest of the week. And uh, if I go through the rest of the week with a very big head, it's not going to work at all. We've got Biggin Hill coming up uh, next week. No, uh, yes, next week. So not this Saturday, Sunday, but next week we'll be doing it on the uh, weekend programme. So uh, for those of you who can't get down there, a lot of Londoners head down there. We'll bring you all the sights and the sounds and the flavours, as they say. And that'll be on uh, Sunday's breakfast. Here he is, the uh, biggest lottery winner. But as I say, he's 73. He's been married to his wife, Joan, for more than 50 years. So Brian and Joan have now got 25 million. Because I did go home last night. And, you know, I said I wasn't going to check. I I told a fib, I'm afraid. I did water the hanging baskets and I did do everything I should have done. And uh, and I've ordered this film for uh, Alec and his wife, at the Barmy Arms, because they used it in a film with Richard Attenborough in called Dunkirk. It's a film made in 1958, and you can get it on e- on, on uh, Amazon quite cheaply. And it features some little bits of Twickenham. And I thought, I've, I've got to have it, because I've, I've not seen any other feature films that have got little bits of Twickenham in it. Not that you'd recognise any of it. So I bought two copies, so I pushed the boat out and spent about £7 yesterday. And then, uh, what was I saying? What was I, remember what I was talking about, actually. Completely forgotten. Anyway... Oh, that's right, yeah, so, so, so anyway, so I bought that, and, uh, and then, no, there was something else I was talking about, and I've completely forgot what it was. It's as bad as I am today. Anyway, and, um, yes, so that's good. Oh, that's right, Biggin Hill. No, I wasn't, I'd done Biggin Hill, I think, I'd already <laughs> mentioned Biggin Anyway, we'll be doing it on the programme, all right? So now you know. <laughs> There's also, uh, you know that we had all this flash flood stuff a short while ago. I didn't realise just how bad it was until you watched the River Thames rising and you notice it down in London and around our way, around, around Richmond, because it really goes quite high. And a month of rain fell in just a matter of days. You look at some of the pictures uh, from Leeds. This is from yesterday. Leeds had the most tremendous rain yesterday. Down here, I didn't think we had anything at all. Although, strangely enough, Matt, who produces Bill Buckley overnight, was saying to me, he said, did you get that rain yesterday? I said, at what time? He said, about four o'clock. I said, well, I was watering the baskets because I'd, I'd been out and uh, I'd been in here recording. Then I got back, then I'd done some shopping, then I watered the baskets. And, and then I, f- I felt it clouding over a bit. And I thought, oh, there'll be a little bit of rain yesterday. And, and nothing at all. He said, we had chucked it down where we were. So obviously only in certain parts of London did you get the, uh, the rain because... We didn't get very much at all around, are we? Uh, Steve, what happened to Darren? And you talking about computer problems on Sunday. Well, that'll be on Sunday. So, uh, 
and uh, we'll have a chat to him in about uh, 15 minutes' time after we've done all the other little bits and pieces that we must do. And we're still looking for cabs. Mark the Bailiff says, you were getting a bit carried away with the singing. He says, I can't win, can I? I can't win. Declan says, uh, luckily, I think it was Newton didn't sue when the apple fell on his head, or we wouldn't have known about gravity. Archimedes did the Archimedes screw. Uh, it was Newton, I think. Isaac Newton was sitting there. You're right, can you imagine? It falls on his head. Right, we're suing. This is after the story in the paper of the uh, lady who's suing because a branch fell on her head and she wants £300,000. And, of course, she's just not been able to work for ages and ages. Uh, 84850. Uh, lovely, actually, very good news indeed. Uh, Jack in Woolworth. He says, have you watched the new Big Brother? What a waste of television. It's so fake. I don't watch it at all, actually. I, I've, I've caught little tiny bits of it. But to be honest with you, it's so poor and it's so badly put together and the people in there are just so desperate that I've, I've given up completely. Not one of them, I'm afraid. Not one of them. I think what I, what I give house room to, I couldn't care less. I really couldn't care less. Uh, they reckon here that families are being failed by Labour's school admission system with tens of thousands of five-year-olds missing out on their parents' first choice uh, of school. This is after the story that there's one particular primary school that won't allow bananas in because a teacher is allergic to them. You feel like bringing one in secretly, don't you? I just, I mean, I know it sounds quite cruel and it's probably totally wrong. And in this day and age, apparently you've got to be so PC because you're bound to offend somebody. There's somebody somewhere who's going, well, I'm allergic to bananas as well. <laughs> you know, and you think, oh, get over yourself years ago. But people weren't allergic to anything years ago. In fact, we didn't know about allergies. You know, we used to go and play in the garden, we'd pick up snails and you'd pick up things and then you'd eat something. There was a guy on Come Dine with me last night. It was quite sick-making. And he was, he was cooking and he's a very, let's just call him a quite large gentleman. And he, he had a, um, a tea towel around his neck and he sweated so much. I mean, I think he was dripping into the food. But anyway, he mopped his brow with the tea towel and then wiped the plate and even the voiceover said, I hope that's not the same tea towel. And it was the same tea towel. It was so awful. It was just dreadful. And you sort of, you think to yourself, they're all awful. One of the guys in there who, who, who's gay, because this is the first time I think, well, perhaps not, not the first time, there's two, two gay guys in there. There's one woman who's quite prim and proper and is not used to this sort of conversation. There's another lady who's obviously up for a bit of a laugh. And then there's a guy who's obviously queerly, uh, sorry, queerly, clearly quite rich. <laughs> And he lives in a very big house, and I think he's a property developer. But it's the other gay guy, not the big guy who's gay, and keeps um, strange little outfits in his wardrobe for dressing up in, which I found a bit of a worry. But then I opened my wardrobe, and I've got some outfits for dressing up in as well, which makes me a bit of a worry too. But the other guy who's going, oh, I like to uh, to eat out and uh, fine, fine dining and clothes, and then turns up in this awful shirt with an unironed collar... And I'm thinking to myself, you know nothing about dressing up. So I can't wait to see how you go. If you've not seen Come Dine With Me, it is the cult programme. You have to record it and watch it later. But if you really want to annoy yourself, watch Coach Trip. If you want to see people who, frankly, if they moved in next door, you would call the police, then you have to watch Coach Trip. They're getting some quite good programmes. It's just the presentation a bit thin. This is LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Steve Allen. (laughs) 
26 minutes to seven. Look at this sunshine. It's absolutely, now the sun is bouncing off the windows. I feel, felt like I nipped out there and put some suntan cream on. I could probably uh, get a bit of colour. Not as much colour as Phil Black has got. We'll turn to the horse <laughs> racing in a moment. Before that, the sporting headlines. He's our sports editor. Morning, Phil. Yes, good morning. Uh, England captain Paul Collingwood says his side can be proud of their efforts despite going out of the World 2020 last night after a five-wicket defeat to the West Indies. Uh, rain reduced the Windies' target to 80 off just nine overs after England had made 161 at the Oval and they got there with four balls to spare to reach the semi-finals. Collingwood says the revised total didn't help his side. When you're trying to, as I said, um, defend a target like that, um, obviously they've got ten wickets and, and nine overs, so they're going to come pretty hard. And of course, I mean, if it was a 20-over game, we might have had a, a better chance there. England under-21 coach Stuart Pearce says his side weren't good enough in their opening European Championship match in Sweden last night. They beat Finland 2-1, but were hanging on at the end and down to 10 men after Chelsea defender Michael Mancien was sent off after just half an hour. Pearce tells Sky Sports they need to improve for the next match with Spain. We give ourselves a mountain to climb, going down to 10 men, physically, uh, uh, mentally. Uh, they're drained at the moment. We'll pick them up and we'll be ready to go again on Thursday. Cesc Fabregas has denied saying he'd leave for Barcelona if head coach Pep Guardiola wanted him to. The Arsenal captain says he's happy the Gunners have announced that he's not for sale. The British and Irish Lions take on Southern Kings today in their final match before the first test with South Africa. Ian McGeek inside have won five out of five on the tour so far. Most of the players, though, who are expected to start against the Springboks on Saturday are being rested for today's game. It's been a great start for Britain's men at the Aegon International Tennis in Eastbourne, the last major event before Wimbledon. Three of them, Alex Bogdanovich, Josh Goodall and James Warder through to the second round. Britain's top woman, Anki Atavong, starts her campaign today against Austria's Sybil Bama. And it's the first day of Royal Ascot, starting with the Queen Anne Stakes this afternoon. Frankie de Tori rides Alexandros in that one. Ireland's Aidan O'Brien is favourite to be champion trainer over the five days. His horse master craftsman, the Irish 2000 Guineas winner, runs in the big race on day one, the St James's Palace Stakes. They also go to down the flat at Thirsk and Yarmouth and over the jumps at Newton Abbott. Lovely. Actually, you'll enjoy breakfast this morning with Nick Ferrari because one of the uh, topics is why is alcohol so attractive to young people? (laughs) (laughs) I can answer the question quite easily because it just is. (laughs) It's quite nice. It is quite nice, actually. It's nice to, you know, to sort of drink in moderation, sitting there. And I I tend to find if you're having a drink and you're chatting to people, you don't kind of notice the effects. To try and stand up and remember remember what the toilet is. Not till later, exactly. Right, first day of Royal Ascot. As Alex, one of the toughest weeks of the year, but if you get a winner, it should be a good price. Uh, yesterday, Carpe Diem, third for him out of ninth, lost two pounds, £31.66. Uh, I confess, uh, yeah. fifth out of ten, yeah. lost two It was pounds. always a long shot, that one. It was a bit, yeah. I was right, a long shot win that race, just mm. not the one that I picked. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> it's like, I did have the numbers for the lottery on Friday, just, <laughs> just not the winning ones. <laughs> I had all of them in there, just in the wrong order. £37.84, you're in debt to now. Tuesday's nightmare is the 2.30 at Royal Ascot. Main aim, win only. OK, uh, I'm going for, uh, I've got to go for Royal Ascot, 3.05, Kingston Stakes. Uh, I'm not even sure how you say this, but Amor Propre, I think it is. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? It's French. Mm. Unfortunately, Phil doesn't do French. I don't. No. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's He isn't bilingual, he just does one language, <laughs> English. So, it's what's it called again? I've forgotten it now. Amor Propre. Amor Propre. Okay. Or, I don't know. And, uh, and Alex has gone for main aim and the 2.30 at Royal Ascot. When does the Queen go? Is she, is it, she... She's usually there every day, I think, pretty much. I think day. she likes the races. They bet she? on what 
what hat or what colour. That's right, yes. Well, don't they? I know. And you'd be quite easy to fiddle it. You just have to get a lady in waiting actually yeah. wearing green. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's always going to be a bright colour. You can always guarantee a bright colour. <laughs> but I remember seeing a, a, a documentary on her ages ago, and she got quite excited. The Queen Mother was there, sort of, you know, getting through, through the gin as fast as possible to take away the pain of not winning. And <laughs> the Queen's rushing backwards and forwards, going, because she's a real passionate oh, yeah, race she, she loves it, yeah. Loves the yeah. racing and things like that. So, so good luck to everybody going to Royal Ascot today. You'll see people standing at bus stops wearing very posh hats and people sort of waiting yeah. to get on the train. On the train station. The yeah. train station. Yeah. They're all there and you think, why don't you just drive? <laughs> you know, in your Rolls Royces. But they don't, so ordinary people go. <laughs> they do. Ordinary people. Some of them are very ordinary, <laughs> it has to be said. Not as ordinary as Aintree, but anyway. Thank you very mm. much indeed. Thank you. Phil will be back with uh, Nick Ferrari just after the news at seven o'clock this morning when Anne Widdicombe will be reviewing the papers. Still to come, Kim Marsh. You remember Kim Marsh, don't you? That was the girl who uh, appeared with the group Hearsay, and, and then she married Jack Ryder, who we like a lot, and then she decided she wanted her career to go further. So uh, they, they split up. And uh, just now, just to make her feel so much better, and to tell you all about it, she's had a boob job. And she spent £4,000, and while she was at it, she had liposuction. Because apparently this makes her feel like more of a person. I was like, you know, it makes you feel like more of a person has been put together, I would have thought. But anyway, her new boyfriend absolutely loves the look. And so she's had the liposuction and she's gone up um, a, a bus size, I think. And now, of course, she can wear a bikini on the beach. It's so exciting, isn't it? Why these people want to share this with you, I've got no idea. And why I did, I have no idea either. 21 uh, minutes to 7. Darren's with us now with a couple of ideas of where you can go. I've always had a few ideas of where you can go, but he's come up with some different ones. Well, it's... Uh... A huge event taking place in Leicester Square this weekend. It's called West End Live. Your chance to see virtually every West End musical over the two days. Kicks off at 11 o'clock with Hairspray. And then you've got Wicked at 11.30, Dirty Dancing at 11.40. Then The King and I, Oliver, Sister Act, We Will Rock You, Priscilla, The Jersey Boys. This goes on all the way through till 6. God. Stomp, Avenue Q. Then they have to go and do the show properly. Then you can get if you like it or not. No. Uh, the London Gay Men's Chorus, Avenue Q. Um, and on Sunday, a little big club, West End Kids, Thrill Alive, Honk. There's a big competition at 1420. Royal Albert Hall presents the Red Stripe Band. Then you've got Chinatown Art Space presents the Bathroom Girl. You've got the Players Theatre. This is one for you, Steve. 1540, the Players Theatre presents Victorian Music Hall. Fan. Fantastic. So they should. Of course you remember it first time round. I do remember it first. I was there. Um, and then Ain't Nothing But Blues Bar presents the West Western Blues Sonics to close the whole thing. Right. And another one I'm sure you'll love on Saturday just after two o'clock, the Sylvia Young Theatre School. Oh, right. They're very, I've worked with them before. They'll be very good. So um, it's all taking place in, in Leicester Square. All taking place in Leicester Square. It's going to be a huge event. It's all free. Get there early. That would be my own, yeah. my main recommendation because it's going to be very, very, very yeah. busy. And this is, this is just Saturday and Sunday? Saturday and Sunday, and of course, it's right next to the half-price ticket booth. So once you've seen the bits, you can then go and get your cheap tickets as yes. well. You know, now you can book um, those half-price tickets up to a week in advance. Yes, you can. Yeah. I know. And just remember, the only official half-price ticket booth is the brick-built one in, the, in Leicester Square. It's almost directly opposite Global Radio's front door. Yeah, All the other well, ones but... are liars <laughs> and crooks and people who are touts. They're touting yeah. tickets. That's what they are. Because yeah. one of them's even got official half-price ticket booth. I'm thinking, how that's illegal. Well, they're not an official half-price ticket booth. No, they're not, no. Very uh, naughty. Be, be very, very careful. You, you, you can tell the one. It's the great big one with the clock yeah. on the top. 
It's, it's the one that's got the, the logo. The other one's just with hand print. And people seem to open up in doorways now going, official half-price ticket booth. I'm thinking, why has nobody bothered suing these people? It's Lots rubbish. Money, it? oh, exactly. And people queue, and you generally get really awful tickets there. So yeah. don't go to them. Don't go to them. I can only tell you this now. OK, thanks very much indeed for that. So this weekend, Leicester Square, the place to be. And uh, Darren's back with us on Sunday. He'll be answering all of your uh, techie questions. So if you've got a techie question, you think it could be complicated, if you send them in in advance, you can go to steveallenshow.com, steveallenshow.com. Then uh, there'll be a place there for you to leave your questions. And, uh, and we'll try and get through as many as we can on Sunday. Mark reckons that the Nolan's comeback concert will be like four Susan Boyles on stage at the same time. What, you mean they won't actually get through the concert at all? I love it. Lynn says, uh, I'm on leave this week, so I'm still in bed. Have a good day. How lovely to still be in bed. But mind you, on the other hand, you don't want to kind of waste the day, do you? Uh, Flash floods in Newcastle. Uh, Thank you. See, we've got people all over the place listening. If only you featured in our figures, it'd be so much easier, wouldn't it? Perhaps when we do DAB, they'll, they'll feature. Christine in Sunbury says, York House is the sanatorium in Alfie. That's the council offices in Twickenham. Uh, they've used, it's been used a few times. The outdoor bit, not the indoor bit. The indoor bit was, was council offices in a private house prior to that. But the, um, the bit outside they used, I seem to remember. Uh, inside, I think, was, uh, was something else. Was something else. Uh, another one here. Uh, one of the best come diary programmes was the one, one by Bill Buckley. I don't think I ever saw that, actually. Was, was he on Come Dine with me? I didn't know. I had no idea he was actually on it at all. Uh, 84850. Uh, Vanessa says, if I pay, will you come and see the Colon sisters with me? That, that, that's obviously sounds... Somebody said earlier on that the, uh, the Nolans are now looking a little bit like, like a, an old drag act, which is quite sweet, actually, I think, because I thought that's what they looked like as well. Uh, Stuart says, I've just seen an LBC cab at McDonald's drive-thru in Canary Wharf. Very smart. I'm looking for a photo. I'm looking for a photo. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Vic. Again, Anne Whittacombe is looking at the papers this morning. They'll be talking about the Iraq inquiry. Why on earth it's being held in private with Ian Duncan Smith. And uh, who will succeed Michael Martin? Surprisingly, they'll be chatting to Anne Whittacombe about that. Seeing as I think she's thrown her hat into the ring. On business battlefront, it's Karen Fordham, who's buying controller for the perfume shop. All of that and uh, your calls as well. And hopefully, you'll be trying to hunt out these LBC cabs. We've found two so far. we found two. So, uh, good news there. But there's 300 with the LBC logo all over the side. We just want to know where they are in London. OK. Uh, Tracy says, visited London at the weekend and did the Thames River trip, Westminster to Greenwich. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's good, actually. You have to get off. Um, you have to get off at Greenwich and go and walk around the hospital there. Fantastic. There is a, another official half-price ticket office in Brent Cross. Yeah, but it's not in uh, Leicester Square, Andy. So I'm not remotely interested in the other one where it is. I'm only interested in Leicester Square. And that's why all the ones that say half-price official ticket booth, they're not. It's as simple as that. Uh, Steve, would Ray and Balham like to share a birthday cake? It's, it's also mine today. So many happy returns of the day. Imagine how many people celebrate their birthdays today. And uh, including uh, one posty, a gay posty. He's in the paper today. We've got the cocktail waitress, the Muslim cocktail waitress, who didn't want to wear the red dress because it made her look like uh, she thought a prostitute. And uh, people leered at her. And yet on her Facebook picture, she's uh, practically topless. However, this gay postman, who was called girly, bitchy and effeminate, has been awarded £2,500. £2,500. Leanne Black was also branded immature and pampered by his mother, by his line manager, Warren Taylor. Mr Taylor said he didn't mean to offend Mr Black, but the post he was so upset by the remarks, he signed off work with stress. 
God, bloody... I mean, you have to ask, I mean, what sort of people are we bringing up now? Years ago, in fact, I even think it's... People said, just turn the other cheek. Somebody goes to you, oh, girly. You go, yeah, and you are what? You know, what, unfortunately, Anne Black should have turned around to say is, girly, yeah, more man than you'll ever be and more woman than you'll ever get. You know, and left it at that and made, you know, the uh, the line manager, Warren Taylor, look a bit stupid. Instead, he goes off with stress. Unbelievable. But apparently, he'd had his dignity violated. God, blimey, can't even go calling people names anymore now. But he got £2,000 for hurt feelings. <gasps> Dear me. Hello, Midget. How are you doing today? You look good. <laughs> keep the producer happy, you know. Let her, let her try for the money, I always think. Let her try for the money. Uh, there's a programme about um, uh, Brooke Kinsella's story on Ben Kinsella. I think it's on the television tonight at 10.35. It'll break your heart. His parents were on the television yesterday saying it's ridiculous. For, for gun crime, the tariff starts at 30 years, but for knife crime, it starts at 15 years. What's the difference? What is the difference? He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and in a few years' time, his killers will be out. Disgusting pieces of pond life at the best of times. Uh, don't forget our How Low. I mentioned it very quickly for you today. It's a fantastic gaming package. It's a television and the Nintendo Wii. It's a 42-inch LG LCD television. It's got speakers, you know, usual sort of stuff. And the Nintendo Wii, great fun for all the family. It'll keep you fit. Because sometimes you don't want to go out and join a gym, do you? You want to sort of stay at home. You can do this and it will keep you fit. Lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Get your bids in by 6pm today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to 88821. So text LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to 88821. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. The lines close at 6pm today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. I only paused momentarily, because I remember seeing something on the television the other day, which was this bloke who I think they call the human spider, and he climbs up the side of buildings with no rope and no safety net. And I look at him and I'm thinking, I couldn't even climb up a ladder on the side of a... I wouldn't even go up the side of a building on a cradle. And yet I watch this man and he climbed up something and it was a glass building. And you think, what happens if you get halfway up and all of a sudden your fingers... Oh, I can't even bear to think about it. And he's climbed up everything. He obviously has no fear of heights. And he quite, his fingers must be, I mean, I just feel ill. Even thinking about climbing up this little building, and he climbs up buildings, oh, which just make your heart drop. They really do. Uh, another story in the paper today is of uh, Davina McCall finding out that she's related to royalty in the new series of Who Do You Think You Are? Can they find some other people on these programmes? Why do we have to keep having the same, same... Oh, God, Colleen Nolan again. Colleen's back on her darkest days in the sisters' feud. Go away. We're bored with you. Go away now. Really ridiculous. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Some time ago this morning, you mentioned throwing out vegetables when they reached their sell-by date. No, they've gone way past their sell-by date. Now I'm awake enough to explain the life cycle of the vegetable. Firstly, there is the sell-by date... Several days later, there, there's the best-before date. And even later, there's the... Oh, this doesn't taste very nice. You see, I, I work in the indication, if, you sort of, if, if it's fish and it smells a bit funny, throw it out. Don't even waste time with it. Even later than that, said Jeremy, there is that green fuzzy creature living in the fridge. What is it? Oh, it's a courgette. Luckily, I don't put courgettes in my fridge at all, but I know exactly what you mean. Pat says, I get my vehicle filled up at a local garage. The chap's serving me... Um, are uh, from India. I asked them what would happen to men in India if they stabbed a young man to death. 
He said they would get life imprisonment and would never come out of jail. I wonder what sentence those men who killed the young Kinsella lad would have been given if, they, if they'd lived in India. The answer is they would probably get... Over here, we, sit, we don't understand life meaning life, and that's, that's the problem. I think if you said to somebody, you will go to prison for life... It's obviously not a deterrent, though, is it? Otherwise, people wouldn't carry knives. They think it makes them, it makes them big. I don't think it does. Makes them look a little bit girly, if you ask me. We love Sue Carroll. She's writing in the Mirror today and saying exactly what I said about Jordan, who said in an interview the other day, apparently, that she's completely over Peter Andre now. And I went, oh, that's interesting. Four years and then, you know, about a month later, I'm so over him, thinking she was, obviously wasn't devoted. They now say that uh, Peter Andre signed a separate ITV deal. No, she has behind his back. This doesn't sound to me like the behaviour of a carefree woman who insists she's facing the future with excitement. It smacks, says Sue Carroll, of a bitter ex-wife prepared to do everything in her power to further emasculate the man who had the audacity to dump her. Oh, I agree. I've often said Jordan is going to be quite vile and revolting over this, I'm afraid. Quite vile and revolting. Uh, there's also another... Apparently, the, the increase that we have in London is of girl gangs. And there is one such girl gang, two members of which have uh, been jailed for stripping a victim naked in the street and whipping her with belts. They were 16 years old. And you think, girl gang... I mean, who are these people? I mean, I don't think they're actually girls. I think they're mainly girls who think they're blokes. This particular uh, gang who I think were called Girls Over Men, a rather pathetic little bunch of feeble people who, uh, who have to bully and intimidate. And they staged the attack in, in Stratford, where they grabbed this girl and, and they just stripped her and whipped her with belts and then pushed her out to the street again. I mean, these pe- I don't know what, what sort of deterrent would be used to, uh, to keep these people off the streets. I mean, have they got nothing better to do? They have to join little gangs and go out there. Pathetic people. Pathetic. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Coronation weekend, Saturday and Sunday at Hampton Court. A two-day event beginning with the departure of Henry VIII from the Tower of London in a riverborne procession down to Hampton Court. Fantastic events throughout the weekend. I guarantee, says Sue, it will be fantastic. Well, I've just rejoined... Uh, Hampton Court, because I love it so much and because it's only down the road, and you think to yourself, well, you know, might as well get the best out of it. It's one of those great palaces that you should visit. In fact, I had a dream last night that I'd won 25 million, which of course I didn't, because it goes to the allotment holder further up the country, and I dreamt that I bought an apartment. I dreamt that I bought an apartment at, uh, at Hampton Court. I've got no idea why. It just sort of cropped up, and I remember thinking how lovely it would be to go and live at Hampton Court Palace. How impressed would your friends be when they came round there? They'd be very, very impressed. 84850. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm quite well aware of the half-price ticket booth at Brent Cross. I'm not interested in it. We're only talking about Leicester Square. Sorry about that, Leora. And, uh, as I say, we weren't talking about Brent Cross. We were only talking about here, OK? Uh, that's it for this morning. Do look out for the LBC cabs. They're out there somewhere, 300 of them, all emblazoned with the LBC logo. And uh, I shall expect some pictures by tomorrow morning to steve at lbc.co.uk. Have a great day. Nick's with you after the news, which is next, 97.3.